0: Welcome to the Calvary Baltimore Weekly Sermon. Calvary meets in the Joppa-Falston area between Baltimore and Bel-Air, and our pastor is Josh Plantholt. Come join us on a Sunday. Our service info is at calvarychapelbaltimore.org. And now, here's this week's teaching.
1: Well, again, it's a privilege to spend time with you from this side of the building. Um, When we open the Word... It's always a special occasion. It's never something that you can become familiar with. And we wish you all welcome to this church service this morning. But again, in Matthew 13, when we read the story of the sower of the seed, for any preacher that is worth his his gold, he knows that there is seed falling on the rocky or on the hard road. There are some of you this morning that will hear the word and the word goes right over them, which is fine. There are others that will hear the word this morning and they're occupied, occupied with kids, family, health, finances, you name it. And nevertheless, you're here this morning because God gives grace to all of us. And others have received the word, the few currents, the currents, help me with my English occasionally, you know. And um, the curls fall into the thorny grounds. You know, the, those are things that are happening inside of me. Why is God doing this? Why don't I get an answer? I have prayed for finances and I'm, I'm praying for a husband. I'm praying for a wife and see what I got. <laughs> hey, I'm not complaining. She's sticking out 47 years with me. She's gold. I'll tell you what. So, but you know, you're you're sitting here as a mixed group of people with mixed attitudes, mixed feelings. And here is one individual, you know, trying to make uh, something, a cake out of the mess that he has gathered during the week. In the hope that something will stick to the soul of every individual. And that you tomorrow will say, oh, remember that, what he said. I get it it is that I get it moment that we are looking for. Because there's so much going on, and we'll go into it today, and basically, we need to focus more on God than ever before. Amen. The world is asking your attention. There's every corner of this planet where something Evil is happening where a constructed destruction is going on. So what do we do as Christians? Pray. You can pray a mile a minute and nothing may change. But where I'm going with this morning is that where you go, the kingdom goes. Where you stand, the kingdom of God is standing. And so this morning when we had the prayer meeting and you all invited to be at the prayer meeting at 9 o'clock because it was really cold. We could use some hot bodies there. <laughs> but uh, it, it's fun. God gave me this verse as extra for today. In 1 Corinthians 4 verse 1, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God, Moreover, it's required in the steward that he be found faithful. We are carrying, not just we, pastors, elders, deacons, but we are, you are carrying the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Remember Nicodemus? We know that something is happening in your life and you're special. Because no one can do the things that you do except God is with him. He was so close and yet so far away. And Jesus said, unless you are born again, changed inside, you will not see the kingdom of God. And I bet many churches are filled with people that wish that they could see the kingdom. Either they were just willing to surrender. That's all. You don't have to do the song and dance thing. You don't have to say the right prayer. You don't have to have the right Bible. You don't have to go to the right church. You know what? God is everywhere. He doesn't need a building. He needs you. He wants to separate you unto himself. And being separated unto him is the best thing that could ever happen to you this morning separated unto God helps you to overcome the troubles in your marriage. Helps you to overcome the troubles at your job. Helps you to overcome the troubles at your old age. (coughs) Uh, Helps you to overcome issues in life that come at you no matter whether you ask for it. Have you ever noticed that stuff happening to you that you never signed up for? You never ask, hey, please, I need a problem. <laughs> IRS, I'm here. No, these things just come. And you know why? Because God loves to see what you do with it. He loves to know whether you appeal unto his courts or that you say, well, we're going to pray up a storm. We're going to take care of this. And we'll just hubble, 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 hubble. And five hours later, nothing happens. God says, I have separated you unto me. And so let's open in your phones to First Peter 2. <laughs> yeah, I keep harping on that one. Don't worry. If I can carry a five-pound Bible, you can carry it too. In First Peter 2, I know, thanks Robert, at least one, here you go, and Chris, where's your gun? She has about the heaviest Bible in this church, so don't mess with her, First Peter 2, look at that baby, so, isn't it? Next to the strong concordance, that's the most dangerous one. Okay, so 1 Peter 2, verse 4. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by man, but chosen by God and precious. Coming to him speaks of Jesus Christ, chosen by God and precious. You also, now it becomes inclusive, you also. As living stones are being built up in a spiritual house. I think this, this place here is exemplifying what the Bible says here. Living stones. We're in a spiritual house. I'm still amazed that it still stands erect. That it doesn't crumble down. But this is what the body of Christ is all about. There is Paul. There is Donnie. There is uh, Pastor Josh right there. The big brown one. (laughs) It's all bacon over there. so (laughs) It's the bacon corner. But it says here to a royal holy priesthood. Now underline that one. Because that's our focus this morning. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore... It is also contained in the scriptures. Behold, I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone, it, elect and precious, sorry. And he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. He who believes on him, by no means, him will by no means be put to shame. Can we read that in unison? And he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame amen, amen. i mean interesting those bible readings isn 't it when you when you open a page and you find something that really that 's what you daily do, of course, and so the word jumps at you and you are made alive that very morning after a cup of coffee and a croissant and then this scripture comes out and I'm, yay! I'm alive and I'm not put ashamed. You know what? God is not in the shaming business. Your husband is, your wife is, your kids are, your boss is. Christ isn't. Never compare Christ to the rest of the world. Never compare Christ with the rest of the world. The world is sick and it's going down the hill very quickly, but Christ remains forever and ever. The same. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected, he became a chief cornerstone, and the stone of stumbling and the rock of offense. They stumble, being disobedient to the world to which they also were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but have now obtained mercy. Father, please help us as we meditate on these words. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm planning to speak till... A quarter of 12, so that gives us time enough to fold everything together. I mean, have we ever given those guys a clap clap offering for all the hard work that they do? Al and Ricky and, uh, you know, Keith and Kevin and Jalen and James and Peter and Paul and Stephanus and Silas and Timothy. You know what? We got them all we got them all here, making sure that we can be here every Sunday, right? Melissa and Donnie, thank you, and and Jeff and Maria and all those that are diligently, you know, filling the holes with music and praise and thanksgiving and, and the blessing to be in a place like this. But again, we have been called by God a holy nation. A royal priesthood. And I want to just share a little bit about the believer priesthood and the father. Because, like I said, like it says in 1 Corinthians 4, we have been set apart, not for our family, although that usually takes up most of our time, not to be an, an, a good worker in our companies. And yes, that's what we do for many hours a day. But we have been set aside 24 hours a day to be in the presence of God. There's no better place for your soul than to be in the presence of God. You don't have to win the world. You don't have to be the Billy Grahams that you may dream about. And you know what? As preachers... (laughs) occasionally we dream about that. But if I would stand there in the stadiums, what would I say? No, God doesn't call us that way. He calls us to be carrier of the mystery. The mystery when you go to home and you see your kids, your wayward kids maybe, your teenagers that are not going the way that you want them to. God says, can you be me? Can you be me for your child? Can you be me for your parents? Can you be me for your neighbor? Can you be me for the one that's ugly and hateful to you? Can you be me? Can you bear the scars that I was bearing for you and be quiet and be still and know that I am God? One of the greatest problems and deception in Christianity is that people start to think that they have to win the world. Folks, even Jesus didn't do that. He won souls. He did not win the world. He wasn't praying everywhere for a revival. He just spoke the truth. And the truth would set those free who would be hungry and thirsty for righteousness. But even his own disciple, Judas, turned away. He was double-minded in all of his minds, and therefore he was unstable in his ways. Says James one. But God says, you, "You can you be? I want you to be a priest unto me." And what did the priest do in the past? The concept that we have of priest—he would bring the sacrifices. He would take the life of an animal and would bring the blood into the holy of holies once a year. That was it. And then the nation of Israel would be forgiven for the past year. But sure enough, next day, show starts all over again. They mess up. Because that's the nature of man. So God says, I am bringing you a high priest. Not according to the order of Aaron, but according to the order of Melchizedek. And what did Melchizedek do? He didn't. Offer a lamb. He brought bread and wine and had fellowship with Abraham. Genesis 14. He had fellowship. The thing that is so heartbreaking in Genesis 3 is that when Adam and Eve are hiding because of sin, because of their failures, it is God who's looking for them. Where are you? He says it every morning. Where are you? He says it every night. Where are you? He says it at your job. Where are you? You're you're trying to run this thing on your own. Where are you? Get me included. I want to be with you when you talk to your colleague. I want to be with you when the other colleague runs over you and backbites you and speaks evil of you. I want to be with you because you are mine. I called you by your name. You are mine. You are mine. You're nobody else's. I paid you. I bought you with a price. The blood covering makes you mine forever. And you will not be ashamed. You will be pressed on every side. Hello. Welcome to this world. But you will not be given up by God. And some of you may think that God gave up on you. You look at your teenager and says, "Oh my God, where did we go wrong?" Listen, you can have the best house and still kids can go their own way. Believe me, I've been there, done that, and deal with it. They're not mine. My kids are gods, not mine. I <laughs> became a time that I said, "Okay, you're on your own. Bye now." Either you walk with God after 18 years living in my house or you don't. But I'm not going to change your diapers anymore. I'm not going to uh, uh, reattach the umbilical cord. Is that the right word?
0: <laughs>
1: you get the message, right? Okay. So uh, we're not going to do these things anymore. You are on your own. We cannot be responsible for your adult life. But how many kids still live in mommy's basement? It totally dependent on the environment in which they live. And where they live. God says, but you know what? Give him to me. Give him to me. Give your kid to me. You know, Peter says, cast your burden upon him. Well, I try to cast my sons upon him, but they're pretty heavy now. <laughs> you know, so there has to be another way. And we just say, Lord, they're in your hands. Because God is a better father, a stronger father, a wiser father, a lovely father. Where we miss in love, God loves on. Where we miss in patience, God keeps on giving patience and is patient. He's long-suffering. And so... With these things, you know, the priesthood that we have been called unto is a priesthood unto God, not unto the church, but unto the Lord. And every believer has that privilege. No matter what you think about yourself, oh, I don't know scripture enough, I don't do this enough, I don't do that enough. We so easily talk ourselves down because. We think that what I feel is the standard of what it's supposed to be. Fool. <clears throat> That's not how it works. You were dwindled, or where are you, you were laying in your blood. You were laying on the side of the road in Jeremiah. You were lost and abandoned as an aborted child, and I saw you. And God says, I'm taking you and I call you mine. You were at your worst state when God says, I love you. You were, you, were, you are, I am, the worst sinner. And God says, I love you. Because my son died for the sins of the world. Mine included. See, and when the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ happened, we didn't stop sinning, did we? We do what we're good at, fail, fall, sin. Because that's our nature. That's what we do. A dog barks and a cat meows and a man sins. It's that simple. But God says, you know what? I'll cover it. We're not going to talk about it. Just follow me. Just follow me. I never remember the words of Peter. Yeah, but what about him? <laughs> what about him? And Jesus said, shut up, follow me. <laughs> Just come with me. Don't worry. Follow me. Boy, and did Peter know what that price would pay. Follow me. But he did. And so we have this upward relationship with God. And please don't get me wrong. It is not just endless prayer because then you could be a monk and you could be well in a monastery. It is not endless praise because then you have to go to the other route. But it is fellowship. Talking with God. Just expressing how you feel and where your questions are and how you wish it would all be different but God says come to me and I will give you A bill, and I will give you a test, and you will give a four page exam, and all the other good stuff. That's Christianity for you. Oh, you got the right Bible, you got the right church, you got the right. Are you giving enough money? Are you not giving enough money? Are you prayed up to date? Are you confessed up to date? Lord, there is. Leave it to Christians to mess up Christianity. In Holland, I think you got that same thing here. If one person is a religion, two person is a church, three persons is a church split. You know. <laughs> That's the nature of man. He wants to compare himself with others instead of seeking unity. And we heard Pastor Josh in some of these meetings where he shared where he's trying to unify pastors to come together and accept one another. Man, it is... It's a, it's a, Heck of a job, and it still is not working. They're so set in their ivory towers, the know-it-alls of this world. But God says, you know what? Come to me. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Well, this this unity with God through, through our priesthood is there to please God, like Jesus did in John 17, to please him. God just doesn't want to be overwhelmed with your spirituality. Listen, it is a vapor uh, as that is concerned. He wants you. He wants your soul. He wants to hear from you. God, I just thank you for your faithfulness to me. I can mess it up so easily. And you keep on forgiving. And saying 25,000 times Lord in a prayer won't make any difference. Lord, I thank you, Lord, because I know, Lord, that you do these things, Lord. How would I talk to you if I would mention your name, Deborah? Thank you, Deborah. Oh, I am so pleased, Deborah. Oh, thank you, Willie. Oh, you know what? That's not talk. That's repetition. That's trying to manipulate God into a corner. He's not. He's not going. He's not going. You lose. If you do a prayer contest with Jesus and you, you lose. Because Jesus is at the front of the Father's heart and he says, Father, I want them to be with me where I am. I want, it's unbelievable. He says, I want them to be as one with me as I am with you. I mean, hello? How does that work? So we come to the second part of it. Now bring that, bring that priesthood that you have before God. Bring that in the family. Bring it in your marriage. Bring it with your kids. It's not easy, especially when they're not available, when they're not open. But see this in Acts 10 with Cornelius. Cornelius was a man who prayed. And all of a sudden, stuff happened. I know you don't expect an angel to come in your room when you're praying. But Cornelius did, and the angel told him what was going to happen go to the street and get a Peter there and he's a stubborn wild boar but he will come eventually and he will tell you everything you need to know. In the end, the story is him and his household got saved. He didn't expect that. He was just faithfully praying. Fathers, mothers, don't give up on prayer for your kids. They need it more than they will ever admit. You need to be. you need it more than you ever will admit because when you pray, you can't curse or holler or yell or slander or beat them up. <laughs> All of these things in good time, of course. But when you pray, God can do more than when you try to change things. Believe me. And so we are here. We now bring the presence of God in the family. It doesn't mean you, you do a song and dance and you come in the morning down out your bed in a big rope and a miter on and you say, okay, now let us sing and praise our Father. <laughs> your kids will look at you and say, are you drunk? <laughs> but the beauty of it is that the spirit within you will give you the peace to glorify God through the little things there. And this is the thing with kids. They don't know much by education yet, but they see. They see and hear. If you squander with God, that's the standard that they're going to follow. If you drink, they drink. If they beat up your wife, if you beat up your wife, they will beat up their wife. Believe me, it is statistically proven that the kids copy their parents because their parents are normative for the development of their life. And if you don't pray and if you don't read your Bible and if you don't go to church and if you're not faithful to God, how can you in the world expect the kids to be faithful? It's already impossible to get them faithful unless the Spirit of God moves in their heart. Believe me, it is it's a hell of a job to convert your kids if, if that's what you want. It is the job of the Holy Spirit. And if you bring the kingdom of God in your family, the Holy Spirit will work in their hearts. You may not see it, but you're not God either, right? I thought so. When we come, there is an order An order of divine authority. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the father in the house, the mother in the house, the kids in the house. Why? They are covered by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When we have the things in order in our lives, we can ask what we want because it will be given unto us. But if we don't walk according to the Word of God, we might as well play tiddlywinks. We carry the mystery in our lives. You carry the mystery of God in your life. Outside the church, there is nothing stronger than the message of the word of God in the lives of men. You can go anywhere else it doesn't change anybody or anything you can be a mason you can be a whatever you're not changing the world the church of jesus christ is a light in the darkness is a foundation that cannot be moved is a place where the spirit of god dwells and is a place where when we are infected and in and filled with the truth of the Word of God, we can make a stand and says, "You know what? A red line in the sand. Here? no further. If you want to bring the world in my house, then I'll bring you into the world. My house. Me in my house. You want to finish it? Me in my house. We will serve the Lord. When was the last time, parents, that you said that to your kids? Oops. Are you afraid of your children? Are you afraid to bring Christ into the family? You're afraid that the kids will ask difficult questions? Are you afraid that God will not answer the prayers that you have with your son, your daughter? Teach him that to learn to wait is just as precious as getting it immediately. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their (laughs) strength. One of the the meditations this week was that, that we all believe in the imminent coming of Christ. Right? He can come any moment. You know that that's a perfect psychological reason for you to behave the way you should behave? Because he could come any minute. If you knew he would come 2,000 years from now, you would just do whatever you want to do. But isn't it true? You know that he's coming any minute, and that controls your behavior. If you, know the, 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 if you know that your uncle is coming two months from now, until that time, you can do whatever you want. When uncle comes in, oh, now you behave. And God knows exactly. And that's why he's lasting already. There's 2,000 years for you to play on the planet. You can do it. And maybe, and, and according to Pastor Josh, He's going to make another 10,000 years. But for us, he's imminent. He's coming any day soon. And some of you want him yesterday. But he's coming in his time. Because he wants to show you the mysteries of the kingdom. He wants to teach you that to pray for something is a good thing. But to expect that it happens on your dime, and your clock, is the wrong thing. He is working all things together for good. Why? Because you are right in front of Him. You're You're not trying to prove God to the world. You're trying to show God. That his sacrifice wasn't wasted on you. Lord, here I am. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do whatever it takes. And I got to be speeding up a little bit. Last comment. In your family life, it is family first, work second. How many times is it work first, Family second. There is a commercial in Holland that says, Mommy, who is that man that comes every weekend to cut the meat? Because the daddy is gone all week and the kids are so estranged from him that they don't even know who the guy is on the weekends. It's your daddy. Ooh, nice meeting him. So, and if you say, well, I'm a single mother, you know what? There are a lot of men here I'm not am not dating here now okay not a dating site here but there are a lot of men that would love to take care of your kids occasionally they want to be a guardian they want to be a comforter they want to be a help they want to be a support for you the church the pastor the elders the deacons we are here to to help to fill that void you should not be a mother alone with kids they will drive you nuts. <laughs> you have a covering. You need a covering. You need somebody that says, listen, this is the truth. This is the word of God. Walk in it and you'll be safe. And so, when we deal with these things, I cannot give Christ to them if I don't have Christ for myself. There's no way I can give you spirit life if I don't have my own spirit life. And my spiritual life should not come out of need. It should come out of love. I should have a love relationship with God more than my wife. So that Satan never can come in between. I should love God more than my kids. More than my job. More than my finances. You know what? In this day and age with all the recession that is going on. I think in some cases you have to change your jobs in order to save your family. In some cases you can live with less and win more than the other way around. Think about that. Don't don't, don't sacrifice your family for for the whims of the world. God will provide for you. He's on your side, remember? He's with you. He's helping you. He's talking to you. He wants to continue to invest in your life. And you may end up as a missionary. Who knows? Like Aaron and Colleen are doing. Unbelievable what they do over there. The the way they reach out to people. They sacrificed everything. How are they going to live? Well, God will provide. (coughs) The third thing, as we are ambassadors of another kingdom... We have a world around us that is looking for the sons of God. We have a world around us that is desperately in need of hearing the word of God in desperate situations. I have the privilege to speak the word of God tomorrow morning in my company. Not my company, but my boss's company. I preach, I speak there five minutes, ten minutes, but the kingdom of God is in that building. I am there. Therefore, the kingdom of God is in that building. And I walk there 24 hours a week because of God. And I can pray with everybody that's there. And I can minister to them because they have a need of a minister. In your work, you are the minister. In your school, you are the representative of the kingdom. You are different. Now, I know your husband said that. Your father says that. Your kids say that. You're different. And it's a proud thing. Yes, I am different. The kingdom of God is with me and in me and around me. Can I pray for you? Oops. Yeah. Don't be ashamed of the glorious privilege to carry the mysteries of the kingdom of God wherever you go. Whether it's Ollie or Giant or... Target or wherever you go, that is where your kingdom is with you. And so, if we don't make a difference, folks, then who does? If we don't make a difference, then who will? But don't, don't go nuts over it. Let the Spirit of God lead you. But you ask the Spirit of God, will you use me? Will you lead me? Don't be some kind of a crusader now that with 2,500 tracks and two, two Bibles and uh, 20, all these tapes, and here I am, I'll, I'll preach it to you. That's not going to work. The people will look at you and say, you're nuts. But when you have the gentle Spirit, of Jesus Christ, he will draw all men unto him. Right? Who were the people that loved him dearly, that heard him gladly? Starts with a C and ends with omen. The common people. The common people. You don't need Pharisees. We've got enough of those. But the common people heard him Gladly, Why? Because he loved them. He gave them his love, his time, his bread, his fish, his healing, his presence. It was to such a point that one woman said, if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Jesus didn't say, oh, give me five minutes. I got to prepare for this healing. No, he said, I felt power going out of me. And so (coughs) the woman tapped into his energy, tapped into his life, tapped into his love, and she got healed. Well, the last thing I want to share with you is how we stand against the evil world. I know I still have enough time. Five minutes, here you go. You and I know that the present state of affairs in the world is enough to drive you crazy. But it is nothing new. Peter wrote about it in 2 Peter 2. Listen to these words. But there will also be false prophets among the people, even as there are false teachers among you, who will secretly, in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle. Their destruction does not slumber. In verse uh, 9, But seeing and hearing their lawless deeds, then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly Out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust for punishment, and especially those who walk according to the flesh, in the lust of their uncleanness and despite, despise authorities. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. Whereas angels, who are greater in power and might, do not bring any revelling accusation against them before the Lord. But these are by natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed and speaking evil of the things they do not understand. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but there are 48 different evils in this chapter alone that Peter speaks that we can say, Okay, I, was, I thought this was 1st century. It is 22nd century. 22nd century? Yeah, 22nd century. That same evil is going on. And what are we going to do? What we always have been doing. Cast your burden upon the Lord. For he cares for you. You're no match for the devil. You know that, right? You're no match for the devil. You don't don't know the scriptures like he does. In Matthew 4, he challenges Jesus. He says, is it not written that he will prevent you from falling on a stone, to hurt you by a stone. And Jesus said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. The devil uses the Bible in order to get at you. I just pray when we do these things, when we, when we study the word of God and bring it into the family and bring it into our work and bring it into the world that we're not deceived and bewitched like the Galatian Christians in Galatians 3.1. Who has bewitched you, hypnotized you, stole your purity, Paul says. That's what the devil is trying to do. He wants you to be occupied with him. And the more you chase after him, the more you get separated from the one who truly loves you. This is what Job says in, in closing, Job thirteen fifteen. Remember Job's demise? Lost everything? He said, though he slay me, I will trust him. Though he slay me, I will trust him. Folks, we won't get more Davids, Peters, Johns, James, Daniels, Isaiahs, Ezekiels, Moses, whoever. We're not going to get those. God has you. God has you are carrying the mystery of the kingdom. I want you to come before me. Don't fight the devil. Come before me. Hide in me and the devil will flee from you. Cast your burdens upon him. And he will make you stand. Folks, the problem with Christianity today is that they have been lured into fighting the devil. Oh, we got the armor of God. But it's not a fighting armor. It's a royal armor for the galas. For the festivities. Because that armor, folks, is not ours. It's not ours. It is his. We thank him for our lives. We're not going to use our lives to fight the devil. He's going to fight the devil. He has overcome the devil by his word and by his blood and by his testimonies. He has been defeated because of the cross and because of the resurrection. Once you are resurrected in your heart and in your mind and you know that you're in the palm of God's hand forever and ever and ever and never be ashamed, the devil has no foot in your life. Don't chase him. Embarrass him. Oh, what do you want me to do? Nah, no time. Open scripture. Go to God. Love him. Worship God. You know, the only thing you need to do, and I like that with the chosen, is that you bring just the five fish, the five loaves and two fishes, and he will feed the 5,000. You will bring just your life and he will change the world around you. You go through a hard time? So did I. You go through difficulties? So did I. You're afraid of death? I'm not. Why? It's the greatest liberation suite there is. Isn't that the reason why we got saved in the first place? We want to live forever forever. Maybe not as handsome as we are today. But we want to live forever, right? So why wait? Why hang on to this dust? I mean, don't kill yourself. Now, I mean, just let God do it. Let God take care of it. But let, he knows the time of your departure, and he has everything booked. Your hotel, your room, your servants, your angels, your food, your clothing. You're going to be eating, Pastor Josh, you're going to be eating the rest of your life in eternity. So slow down here, you know. <laughs> we need you a little longer here with your bacon. So <laughs> no, but folks, Christianity should be fun like, because of the hope that's set before us. And yes, you go through heartaches. Yes, you go through difficulties. We have people dying of cancer. We have people suffering from all kinds of diseases. Yes, yes, yes. but you may be impressed how God can use that more than by the one who is healed and has no problems. Because if you can love God, if you can love Christ, in and through the difficulties, your testimony is stronger than the one that have it all. And that's Christ's word to Thaddeus when he asked Jesus, why am I not healed? In the chosen chapter, the the third episode, the third thingamajing. In the third season, Thaddeus comes to Jesus and says, why am I not healed? Jesus says, you don't know how strong your testimony is when you can let go of your own comfort and be a blessing and a minister to those in need. See, your testimony is stronger through the heartaches and the difficulties than when you drive in your Mercedes and you have your luxury home and you have no problems whatsoever. You know what? A lot of people get ticked off by it even. But when you are who you are in the sight of God, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed at all. You will not be ashamed. You read it. Keep on reading it for yourself. Father, I ask you to go through all of the seats, Lord, and bless us. Bless us not because we deserve it, but bless us because of your good name. We love you. We worship you. We adore you. and We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to each and every one. In Jesus' precious name, amen.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's message from Calvary, Baltimore. We'd love to hear from you send us an email with your questions, prayer requests, or just to say hi. Our email address is calvary.faithlife at gmail.com. If you'd like to donate to support the work God is doing through Calvary Baltimore, go to calvarychapelbaltimore.org and click donate now. And if you're in the area, stop by on a Sunday morning. For directions and service times, go to our website at calvarychapelbaltimore.org. If you can't be here in person, we also live stream on our website and on our Facebook page. We hope you've been blessed by this week's teaching. Until next time, as Pastor Josh says, study the Word, to live the Word, to share the Word. And join us again for the next Calvary Baltimore Weekly Sermon.